Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That is what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. Be it joy and laughter, sorrow and tears, awe and insight, or deepest devotion, as we visit and listen, we are all part of a spiritual voyage called Song of the Soul. The singing of today's Song of the Soul guest transfixes me, both her voice and the lyrics she writes, and I'm so excited to have Judy Jager here today. Judy grew up in Canada, but moved to the USA decades ago and became a U.S. citizen. It's surprising that, considering her early passion for and proficiency in music, she completely abandoned that side of her soul for about 25 years, while studying working as a lawyer and as a parent. And even though she carried her guitar case with her through all of those transitions, it took her a quarter century to finally open it, and then the flame flared brightly, producing new songs in the acoustic folk Americana genre, and for the last several years, partnered with the incredible Bob Reed. We've got a lot to talk about, so I expect you'll want to check the northernspiritradio.org website for bonus excerpts that won't fit in this broadcast, in spite of the able production assistance of Andrew Jansen. You're going to be inspired and moved by her music, as Judy Jager joins us via Zoom from California. Judy, it's a complete delight to have you here today for Song of the Soul. Hi, Mark. Thanks for inviting me. This has been such a strange year locked up. The good thing has been for many people is because you're not going out and doing concerts here and there and traveling everywhere across the world. There's somewhat more availability, but it's all limited to over the net kind of thing. What kind of stuff have you and Bob been doing the past year? We spent the first maybe 50 days of our shelter in place that started in the middle of March here in California recording a video of a song, doing one song a day and putting that out into the world just to try to make a connection with people who we couldn't see. So we'd get up in the morning and we would decide what song we wanted to do. We'd rehearse it a couple of times and we would record a song, post it up to our Facebook page. And we got a lot of people who were writing to us saying, thank you so much for doing this. I'm watching every day. You're adding some joy to my world. I'm singing along. And so it gave us so much pleasure to do that and gave a lot of other people pleasure too. And we also dug into Bob's very large repertoire of children's music. He played music with children for many years. For part of it, we were doing two videos a day. And that lasted about almost two months. So we did that. And then otherwise, I've written a number of new songs. We wrote a couple together. And then what else? Last thing, we performed in our driveway for our neighbors. (laughs) We started playing when it was warm enough. We set up our equipment on the driveway. The word spread in the neighborhood. And one of our neighbors started putting up signs at the end of the street whenever we were going to have a concert. We did it about once a month. I think we did seven or eight of those over the time of the pandemic. Have you been doing full-length concerts, that kind of thing, where people join on, I know, Patreon or whatever, and get into the special concert that Reed and Jagger are providing? We did two online concerts. We had a couple of house concerts that were scheduled that we would have been on the road in June, and both of those hosts asked us if we wanted to do it anyway. So we played from our front hall with the camera set up and the computer and all that, and um, 
people tuned in and the hosts promoted them. And we only did two of those in June. And then we did one other concert with a friend just a couple months ago. So we'd not a lot of online. We didn't find those very satisfying. And there was plenty out there for people to watch. And it's Jager and Reed, not Reed. Yeah, Jager. I, yeah. And, and the website is folks, jagerreadmusic.com. Jager is J-A-E-G-E-R. Reed is R-E-I-D jagerreadmusic.com the links on northernspiritradio.org that's an easy way to get to judy and bob's site and by the way you still have a site out there judyjagermusic.com as well do you use that at all or is that just kept there for historical posterity or whatever i guess it's still there i didn't it's not hosted anymore so i didn't even know that it was still there i guess i'll go look at that but showing my uh, status as a tech immigrant and not a tech native i guess <laughs> um, i'll check it out but no, all of the information about Jager and Reed is at our website, Jager Reed Music, as you have said. Let's talk a little bit about music and maybe your not constant drive toward it. How did this go in your household? There was always a lot of music in my household growing up. My mother played the guitar from the time she was a teenager and she played guitar. We heard her play guitar in the house and she sang folk songs. My mother also subscribed to Sing Out magazine, which just accumulated on the coffee table in our house when I was a kid. And I would look at it occasionally, but she was a subscriber to that. And I'm told by Bob that that made her cool. And I didn't, of course, know that when I was a kid. My brother, when he grew up and as a teenager, he learned to play the guitar, but he taught me when I was 15. And my father who loves music, he can't carry a tune, to be honest. Um, <laughs> uh, and But he's very enthusiastic when he sings. I love that. Again, you know, you started guitar at 15. You sang, you did different musical things, including being in a musical, I understand. But then at the age of 20, I don't know, you got serious, you got adult. What happened? So, yeah, so I only played for about five years. When I was 20, I got engaged I moved away from Vancouver. I was in university. And then after university, I went to law school. And I moved a lot during those years. But everywhere I moved, I took the guitar with me, but I never took it out of the case. And so the guitar sat in the case for 25 years. I went to university. I went to law school. I worked as a lawyer for 10 years. I left the law. I had children. And still that guitar sat in a closet. And then in 2004, my mom passed away. She had been sick, I guess you could call it, for 10 years. My mother developed an early onset form of dementia that first appeared in her late 50s, right around 60 or so. It was a progressive degenerative disease. After she died, I carried around this sadness, these feelings I had around my relationship with my mother and, and the loss. Honestly, I was really angry about losing her at such a young age and her not having a relationship with her grandchildren, my kids. She had more of a relationship with my sister's kids because they were older, but still not for very long. I don't know where this came from, but it occurred to me one day that maybe I could write a song about these feelings that I was having. And nobody had suggested this to me. And I'd never written a song before. And I hadn't played my guitar in 25 years. But I had this one seminal experience where my husband at the time had a friend over for dinner. And that friend brought a friend. 
And this fellow was a lawyer from LA. And this lawyer was also in a country band in LA. And we started talking about music. And he said, Oh, yeah, I'm in this country band. It's so much fun. It's my outlet. It's my creative passion. And, and I said that I had played guitar at one point. He was like, Where's your guitar? Go get your guitar. So I went and got it. He tuned it up and he started playing that Stevie Nicks song, Landslide. And I love that song. And I started singing along with him. He was like, wow, you have a nice voice. And uh, he was like, well, put some new strings on it, but why don't you start playing this? And I was like, oh yeah, maybe. It kind of gave me a little spark. And we had a nanny at the time when my kids were little. And she, unbeknownst to me, took the guitar and had them put new strings on it. And she brought her home and she said to me, here's your guitar. Now you can write that song. Because I had told her about this idea that maybe I would write a song about my mother. It's because of her. And that was the kind of spark that I, I guess I needed and the song is Greedy Crime. It's by my guest for today's Song of the Soul, Judy Jaeger. And here is Greedy Crime. Taking a time Call the police It's a greedy crime 
questions fall from my lips If she doesn't know me, do I still exist? Clouds on her face, nerves all a jangle Stolen from us by plaques and tangles Call the police, it's a greedy crime Call the police is stealing her mind Call the police is taking her time Call the police it's a greedy Judy Jagger is here today for Song of the Soul. She's of the group Jagger and Reed. Jaggerandreed.com is the website. It's on NordenSpiritRadio.org, and that is Greedy Crime. There are multiple versions of Greedy Crime out there because, as Judy just told us, she recorded it early. She wrote it maybe 10 years before she and Bob recorded it on their album from way up here. So the version you just heard is from way up here. Again, you had a solo album way back when that you were just learning your way into the trade. As you said, you lived as a a lawyer for 10 years, and then you were raising kids and so on. How is it that you found the energy? Or I mean, I think now you think of yourself as a singer-songwriter. Yes, I do indeed. But when you wrote Greedy Crime, you didn't think of yourself that way. No, I didn't think of myself even as a musician. I had always loved music passionately, and I had always loved to sing. And I uh, sang in choir in school and things like that, but I hadn't had either the opportunity or taken the initiative to make that leap. At this point, from what you've just said today, there is one glaring falsehood in that song that I have to call you out on. And you say in the song that she wasn't cool, but she actually had sing out, so she was cool. I mean, did you ever deal Indeed. with that? Indeed. <laughs> no. <laughs> That song is where I was at that time that I wrote it. And when I was a teenager or, you know, I I didn't think of my mother as cool. And I don't think she thought, maybe she thought of herself as cool, but I mean, it doesn't really matter. I suppose it's a child's view, that comment. One thing about that song puzzled me in the name Greedy Crime. I think of for greed, someone has to be greedy, taking it away from others So who is the one with the greed? That was very specific to the loss that I felt, that I felt that I had been robbed and that we, my sister and brother and I had been robbed of our mother and my children had been robbed. And so I felt like perhaps it was the universe. If I was a believer in God, perhaps I would feel like God was being greedy. I am not, and I didn't at the time feel that it was about God. So it's something that's more, um, well, unspecified, I guess. I just felt like there had been a robbery. 
to add to it. With my mother, she had a form of dementia and this degenerative brain disease that was centered around aphasia. So gradually, as the years went by, she lost her ability to speak. And so for someone who loved music and who loved to sing, as she did, it was a particularly painful loss. It just felt that more of a dramatic of a, of a loss that by the end, she couldn't speak at all. Yeah, I've seen that. Actually, there's the head of the board for Northern Spirit Radio. He is active in supporting something called the Stand in the Light Memory Choir. And so it is people with loss of some of that ability, but they can sing and they can sing beautifully and they need someone to guide them there and back, but they mm -hmm. do get to keep sharing the gift of music, which mm, is beautiful, so sweet. Yeah. Let's have another song right away. Judy, what would you like to share next? I guess we could talk about Love Caught Her. And who did Love Catch? Love Caught a Woman Who Decides to Leave an Abusive Relationship. I wrote that song specifically for an organization in the Bay Area called CORA, which stands for Community Overcoming Relationship Abuse. And at the time, I was friends with the director, and she had this idea that maybe I would come to the annual fundraiser they were having, and that I would be willing to write a couple of songs for them and then come and play them. So I said, yes, I'd like to do that. So I wrote two songs for them, and Love Caught Her was one of them. But I, it's a song that was meaningful to me. I, I have personal experience with emotional abuse and with domestic violence. And so it was meaningful for me on a personal level and also an opportunity to support an organization that I thought really needed support. It's a beautiful gift you gave to them and to the rest of the people wrestling with abuse and dealing with it and finding the blue sky beyond that. The song is Love Cotter by Judy Jager. packing her boxes a shiny red clip in her hair slipping that ring from her finger she left that gold circle there closing the door behind her she shook off the shadow of pain Staring into empty tomorrows Was better than feeling the shame Her days rolled away like thunder She counted each one as it closed Then she counted her dreams Like the dollars she'd need to get where she wanted to go Up the hill to her one-room walker She wished for some tenderness Believing that she deserved better She jumped into life's abyss that's when love caught her She was falling like water Love caught her Protected and taught her Love caught her And gently set her down 
she met him It was raining She had come to the edge of her life And he gave her his umbrella And she tumbled into his blue eyes Now she's unpacking those boxes Finally feeling at ease Cause she broke that circle forever When she had the courage to leave That's when love caught her She was falling like water Love caught her Protected and taught her Love caught her And gently set her down Now she's doubled her treasure Wrapped in the arms of man Who holds the tiniest fingers Of their newborn baby girl's hand And once again Love caught her She was falling like water Judy Jager and Bob Reed released that just a few years back on their CD from way up here. The song is Love Cotter and Judy wrote that a number of years ago and there's multiple versions out there you can check out, but this is the definitive one to date. As she said before, dealing with abuse in relationship, finding the courage to go out and find the blue sky, the openness, the full life. Actually, I was somewhat confused in some of the verses because it seems like one of the things that happens, even in an abusive relationship, you can find love with children and other things that fulfill you, even while the abusive relationship is there. So even the relationships that don't work out can give us gifts that we carry forward. That's 100% true. I have that in my children. Even though I have gone through a separation from my husband, the greatest gift I have is your children. Before we delve in a little bit deeper with Judy Jager, I wanted to remind folks you are listening to Song of the Soul. Our website is northernspiritradio.org. Links to Judy Jager, and that it would be to jagerreadmusic.com, is on northernspiritradio.org. And there's a place for you to write comments on this and other shows and find all of our guests of the past 16 years to make a donation to Northern Spirit Radio. That's how we're supported by your donations, not by corporations, not by government, but because our listeners believe in us. So please do support your local community radio stations. I was speaking to Judy just before we got on the air, and one of the stations in her area that's uh, wonderful and has been inspirational to so many people is KPFA. KPFA is one of the five founding stations of Pacifica, and my programs are distributed via Pacifica as well. Please support 
that kind of local community radio station with local voices, local interest, and as opposed to corporate drives and money-making pursuits, it can provide a glimpse of the world that we need so badly in terms of both music and of news. So please support the community radio stations. There's some 42 stations across the U.S. that carry Northern Spirit radio programs and many more wonderful programs. So support them first, then help us out if you can. We listened to Love Cotter, and you mentioned about this organization, Community Overcoming Relationship Abuse, CORA, in the San Francisco area. You also practiced as a lawyer. Did you actually end up representing people who are party to those kind of issues? Yes. I was a domestic relations lawyer for 10 years. I did see people who had been victims of domestic violence in my practice, and that did create a real drive in me to try and support this local organization, which does wonderful, wonderful work in the community. What led you to leave lawyering? And I I ask that in part because I have a personal interest because my first wife, I was married for about five years, she went to law school, got her law degree, and then she never ended up practicing as a lawyer because she decided she didn't like it. She liked the research. She liked a number of things about it, but she didn't like being oppositional in particular. Yeah, it's true as a lawyer, especially if you're in litigation, that you kind of get paid to fight for a living, which can uh, take a toll. So I was a family law attorney and felt that, you know, the badge of honor was staying out of court. That's when you were doing the best job you could for your clients was to use alternative dispute resolution like mediation or, you know, settlement conferences and things like that. And at the time I practiced, that was just beginning to be required by courts so that people didn't go straight to judges to make decisions about things that honestly, the law was not very well equipped to solve, sort of like using a blunt instrument on something that really needed nuance. But I had done that for about 10 years and made, I guess it was a family decision that I was going to stop working and and stay home. It was kind of a lifestyle choice. It was a I was working about 60 hours a week and it was a very stressful crisis oriented practice. It's not like you're just drafting contracts for people and you can work. I mean not that any lawyers I know ever worked 9 to 5, but we made a lifestyle decision my husband and I at the time. I decided at that point that we were going to start a family. So we ended up that I had two children, my beloveds. Well, thanks for converting one blessing you were giving to the world to another one. (laughs) There's so many ways to be a blessing to the world. I wanted to ask you a little bit about your Jewish upbringing. One of the parts of it that I'm especially appreciative of is the music that you had when you went to summer camp. Mm -hmm. I've led folk dancing for bar mitzvah ceremonies because Israeli folk dance is my favorite form of international folk dance. So there's a lot of music there that I think is just wonderful. Tell me a little bit about your experience with your Jewish upbringing. So my upbringing was culturally really Jewish, not overly religious, but there was religion as part of it. We didn't go to synagogue every Saturday or anything like that, except the year my brother was studying for his bar mitzvah, and then we went every Saturday for (laughs) for a year. But it was cultural. So it was the holidays on all of the foods that my mother cooked. It was the relatives coming to sit at the table with us. It was the baking that my mother did that was traditional. It was like she made the best blintzes I've ever tasted in my life. So it was very much culturally rich. It was lovely. 
really beautiful in terms of an upbringing. We went to summer camp every summer. Some years, I think when I was a kid, I sort of felt like we were being shipped off. We'd be gone for eight weeks every summer. I think about that now. It's like, oh, my parents got rid of us for eight weeks every summer. But we had great experiences. And and the summer camps we went to were very basic. These were not fancy pants camps at all up in the Laurentian Mountains, north of Montreal. And they were summer camps that were Zionist. So there was a lot of Israeli dancing and singing, but there was also a play, you know, like The Wizard of Oz or Oliver or something like that. And then we did art and we canoed on the lake. I got all of my Red Cross swimming badges at summer camp. Every summer I'd get a new one. So there was all sorts of really positive things. And friends, I made friends who I never saw during the year because they didn't live in my little town where I lived, where there was only a small Jewish community. So that was a very positive experience. But when I was eight and my brother was 13, so he was studying for his bar mitzvah, and we went to synagogue every Saturday for that whole year. One time after the services, my eight-year-old self said to, it was either the rabbi or the cantor, I don't remember who we were speaking to, but it was after the services, and my parents were having a chit-chat with this man, either the rabbi or the cantor. He looked down at me, and he, was, he said something like, how are you, little girl, or something like that, some equivalent of that. And I said, I want to sit in those purple chairs. And they had purple velvet chairs up on the, what is called the bima or the stage where the ark is and where the Torah is. And he looked at me and he wagged his finger and he said, no, 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 only boys sit in those chairs. Oh, man. And my eight-year-old mind said, that's not fair. And that was kind of it for me. I kind of clicked. If that's the way it is here, then that doesn't seem like something that I want to be associated with. And from that age on, I pretty much checked out and that was it. So you never became a bat mitzvah? Well, in that age, in that era, in the 70s, my father didn't believe in girls having bat mitzvahs. Honestly, my sister was an ideal candidate for a bat mitzvah. She was interested. She was interested in the reading. She wanted to learn more about Judaism. She was a perfect candidate. I was not like I wanted the party and the and the presence and my brother got all this loot and I was like cool and so when I said how about me my dad was like Mm-mm. but my sister who's two years older than me absolutely ought to have had one it just wasn't part of our family culture and of course nowadays girls have bat mitzvahs all the time it just in those days in the seventies in Quebec in the conservative Jewish synagogue system. It didn't happen in our family. So yeah, so I never had a bat mitzvah. I mean, that might have brought me back. I wouldn't have been very devoted to the idea, I don't think. I really thought that it was unfair. And I happen to agree with you, but <laughs> as if my, my opinion matters to the world. <laughs> well, things have changed a lot, though, right? Because there are plenty of Jewish communities and synagogues that my brother and sister are involved in that are much more egalitarian. And I have a cousin who lives up in Vancouver, and the women basically run the service. And so there would have been places where I felt I belonged if I had stuck around long enough, but I didn't. That was it. I was a lost cause at that point. <laughs> well, I particularly enjoy the reconstructionist brand of Judaism, but, uh, you know, there's... And that's uh, the one in Vancouver that my cousins belong to. Okay, see. Where the women uh, run it. <laughs> there you of go. Of course, of course. Yeah, if you look on the NordenSpiritRadio.org website, you can find my interview with Marsha Prager, 
and another one with her husband, who is a cantor, both of that tradition, and actually organized to have them come here to Eau Claire to lead a weekend workshop for the wider world, co-sponsored with the local synagogue. In any case, what we need right now, Judy, I think, is some more of your music. What can we share next with our listeners for Northern Spirit Radio? Well, if we're going chronologically, I guess we could share Close My Eyes. Close My Eyes is a song that I wrote about being separated from someone that you love, having to spend time apart from them, and what lengths we try to go to to feel like we're together even when we can't be. When I was first listening to it, I thought something like that, but I also thought how applicable that is to this year of covid the people we want to hug and spend time with, just hold a hand and look in the eyes that we don't get to have. And you got to imagine it. And don't get me wrong, I think Zoom's pretty wonderful. I get to see you and I'm delighted by that. Mm-hmm. It helps. It makes a difference. I know my father lives in Vancouver and I haven't seen him now since January of 2020. And the best thing has been Zoom and FaceTime. That's been a COVID silver lining. We'll dive into Close My Eyes by Judy Jager, and it's on the recording that she and Bob Reed released a few years back called From Way Up Here. Close My Eyes. Thank you. 
Judy Jager says in that song, close my eyes and fly, fly, fly. Actually, my connection with flying was when I would have kind of lucid dreams when I was in my teens of flying, just jumping and not putting my feet back and just close my eyes. As long as I was in that semi-dream state, I could fly. Was this song autobiographical for you? I think I write most songs from a place where from a sensory standpoint, I, I feel it. And so the answer would be yes, partly, but not completely. Are you a very empathic person or empathetic, some people say? Yeah, I feel like I am an empathetic person. I can feel the experiences and the pain of other people. And I want to acknowledge what their experience is and that it's, you know, that their lived experience is legitimate, I guess. I would have thought that that would have made it hard to be a lawyer, also very motivating to be a lawyer, but hard because it's not just a job. It is a piece of your heart going into each person you're supporting. What was your experience of that? Yes, it's very true that being a divorce lawyer was very challenging for me emotionally. I was not able to just switch it off and say, that's their problem. And early on, I took it all home and I took it all in and it was, that was hard on me. And eventually, as I gained more experience, I learned to be able to say, wow, I'm glad that's not my problem. And I will help them work through it and find the best resolution possible. But aren't I lucky that that's not my problem? Well, one thing I haven't mentioned in this time, having you on Zoom here for today's Song of the Soul, is I love your singing. I love your voice. I love the texture you bring to it. I love the heart you bring to it. That's such beauty. That's what originally I watched one of the performances you and Bob did via your daily videos. And I said, oh, I have to interview that woman. Just bring that beauty to a wider audience. Do you think you were able to use that beautiful voice to good effect as a lawyer as well? I don't know if the law is supposed to be affected by the beauty that's being channeled in the room, but it should be to some degree. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, that's a lovely thought, and it would be a wonderful thing to incorporate into collaborative law 
it's not something that I ever thought of at the time. And the creative musical side of me was completely shuttered during that time. So no, it's not something I ever thought of. We've got a couple more songs I'm sure you would like to share today. Why don't we go on to another one right now? Let's talk about Town Made of Tents. So Town Made of Tents is a song that I wrote in January of 2020. In the Bay Area, anyway, the San Francisco Bay Area, we certainly have a very significant problem with unhoused people. They're not the problem, but the problem is that they're unhoused, meaning that we as a community are not doing enough to take care of our unhoused population. There's not enough resources being applied. There's not enough mental health. And people are trying. There's great effort that's being made and and people recognize that it's a big problem, but we need to do more, obviously. And I, as a songwriter, I took my feelings about this problem and I did what I know how to do in my creative way, which is to write a song about it. So I was impacted by the gravity of the problem. It's in front of us. You can see it. doesn't matter where you go. You can see it. And so after one very, very stormy night, this song kind of came out in one formed blob, I guess. It's not the right word, certainly, but it appeared to me and then I wrote it down. And my feeling about this song, because Bob and I've recorded it together now with Bob doing all the engineering And he plays most of the instruments on this, by the way. I'm playing my guitar and I'm singing, but all the other instrumentation you hear is played by Bob. I would like to be able to use this song for good if possible. I would like to be able to use it as a cog around which we might be able to raise money for an organization or something like that. And the song is Town Made of Tents. It's by Jager and Reed. And the song was written by Judy about a year ago. Here's Town Made of Tents. It started about... 3 a.m. By the morning there were pools in the mud. A wild wind came up around ten. And December descended on us. Last year I worked at the mall. I sold lipstick for minimum wage Then I couldn't make rent in the fall I was just one step from the edge I used to ride a bicycle down by the bay It's light I hang on to 
stretch out at night Sometimes I don't like to stay alone I've had to make choices, I know It's so hard to stay clean in this place Just a little to keep out the cold I am tired of living this way Another beautiful song from Judy Jager. She and Bob Reed performed it together. It's not been released yet, though, so you're getting a glimpse of great things right here today for Song of the Soul, Town of Tents. I think I saw a legal decision reported in the news just a week or two ago. I think it was in California where some judge locally said, yes, the city has to provide housing. Well, and there's a housing initiative that is part of California to move people who are homeless into empty hotel rooms. They've done that a lot during the pandemic. And there's a whole program. And I know a woman who runs that program. I don't know enough about the details of it. So there have been some real efforts to help in homelessness during the pandemic. But as you mentioned earlier, Judy, it's very complex because there's mental health and addiction as well as simple finances and other kinds of issues that are wrapped up in this. So many issues. Uh, It's not a single strand of problem that needs to be resolved. It's so much of them. Right. We would call it multifactorial, I guess. Yes. And as a math major, multifactorial works for me, too. (laughs) Good. And I was not a math major. So don't ask me anything more than that. Okay. (laughs) 
We've got time for one more song that we're going to share. Uh, of course, there will be some bonus excerpts on the northernspiritradio.org website. Folks, do come and hear the rest of what we couldn't fit on the air with Judy Jager. And there's some real gems there that we've had to cut out to fit in 55 minutes. What are we going to share for the last song? It's called You Can't Go Home. In the last five years, I've been preoccupied by this concept of home. I've written three songs about home. This is the most recent one. It's more focused on the experience of my children, I think. It came from watching my kids come home from college and their parents are going through a separation. And the sense of loss that exists because things change. I think for kids who go away to college, things change anyway. But obviously, if your parents are separated, that's a big change. I recognize that. I recognize and I respect the fact that it's hard for young adult children when their older parents are separating and divorcing. The idea of you can't go home, it's not that there isn't a home for my children to come home to because I do feel in my heart that home is where you are. But when you really examine what is home, where was home, there's this idea that when you move on, go to college or go get a job, things don't stay static. And that was the heart and the soul of where this song came from. It was written with a great deal of love, but also some acknowledgement of the realities of life. So much complexity in there, too. The love that you want to keep present, particularly for your kids. I I know I did this in my divorce from my first marriage. How do you stay loving and make sure it doesn't hurt the kids and... What are you giving up and what are you finding? There's, it's a very complex thing. And if I use a word like pray, I will hold you in the light. That's a good Quaker saying, I'll hold you in the light as you resolve that. But not just you, everyone involved, hold you in the light so that this only comes out in a better, brighter, healthier place. Thank you. And I accept that light anywhere that it comes from. Thank you. And thank you so much for joining us, Judy. Again, your voice, your songs transport me. I'm so thankful for them. And I'm thankful that you took this time to be with us today for Song of the Soul. Thank you, Mark. You're most welcome. And you'll find more things, including the bonus excerpts to this interview on northernspiritradio.org for Judy Jagger. And we'll see you all next week for Song of the Soul. You can't go home.
stop to check the atlas of your life What you think should stay the same you can't control While you are busy living to the beat of your own time What you knew pulls away and leaves a hole Your road is long and sometimes narrow No one really knows where it goes But down that road is your tomorrow Cause even when you try Theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it is called Song of the Soul. Check out all things Song of the Soul on northernspiritradio.org, guests, links, stations, and a place for your feedback, suggestions, and support. Send your Songs of the Soul to me, Mark Helpsmeet, via the info on our website, and join us weekly for Song of the Soul.